Well, once again, hi, hello, and how are you? I'm your beautiful strangers and savages alike. And I am just uh, so grateful that you kept with me through all the hindrances and technical difficulties. This is iPoke, the armchair latest podcast, and I am your voice, Rue. Um, this is, we're, we're just skipping right past, uh, you know, natural news and, you know, just what's, what's happening now, if you will, um, that was in the last episode, this is just gonna be kinda dressed up so we can stay on track. Um, immediately, we're just gonna get right into it. We're gonna cover Natural Born Killers today. Just like Pulp Fiction was also from 1994. And yes, it was directed by Oliver Stone, but this is a screenplay that was written, um, by Tarantino, and he just sold it to Oliver Stone, so I'm still going to cover this movie. I'm doing a, I'm going to do a very, very brief covering of it, but I would still like to cover this um, ultraviolet masterpiece because it really is a masterpiece in its own right. Some people say it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of like the game, if you remember from PlayStation 3, um, State of Emergency. They were trying to compete almost with the violence, the violent content, and the overdoing it and how people were just up in arms and all these controversies that were going around because of GTA they tried to make this game called uh, State of Emergency where you're basically only shooting up malls and just doing these horrible things horrible things and it sucked but this movie is brilliant because I've seen I'm just as a true cinephile I've seen many different versions of it I've seen very rare versions of it I um, I've purchased many versions of it um and i have a version that actually has an extended documentary on it and i watched it and i had no idea you know the i'm just gonna go really right to the plot but i would like to throw just a few amazing things in there like it just well first of all it's a u.s film um it was done by jde re it was done by Regency, it was done by Warren Brothers, Alcor, uh, Ixlithin. Lots of people, actually. Like, there was a lot done in this. Um, it ran 118 minutes uh, to in Tentacolor. The producer was uh, Jane Harshner, Don Murphy, excuse me, Don Murphy and uh, Clayton Townsend. Screenplay was done by David Velaz, Richard uh, Ruskotsky, excuse me, Rukotsky. Oliver Stone, and of course the story is by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, the photography was done by Richard Richardson. Music was done by Zach De La Rocha, um, Peter Gabriel, Tom Ducci, uh, Brent Lewis, Andy Milburn, Trent Reznor. Yes, um, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. Eric Avery Weiss, uh, Leonard Cohen, Dr. Dre, Bob, Montgo Bob, Montgomery, Bob Montgomery. Goodness, Andrew. Patty Smith, um, the cast was a great one. It included the Tommy Lee Jones uh, <laughs> playing an over-the-top, uh, goodness, just duck-flipped hair. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember the character that this. It's a throwback to, but it's it's amazing. Had a budding Juliet Lewis that was past Cape Fear, but before you know any other roles. It really was a raw performance. It had uh, Tom Sizemore, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Rodney Dangerfield, fuck, Woody Harrelson. Um, 
gosh, it really, it, it was a powerhouse, it was definitely a powerhouse, um, let me just say also that this, it, it's a quote actually that I heard, that this movie was so different for the mainstream, because originally in the documentary that I was mentioning earlier, Tarantino actually states that he wanted this to be his Arnold Schwarzenegger-esque summer, you know, fun action movie. And good God was it not that. <laughs> it was a... It was a controversial, to say the least, um, ultra-violent overacting of love versus evil, classic story of good and evil mixed with such heavy symbolism that honestly you have to listen to the director's commentary to even catch one fourth of it excuse me half of it one fourth of it doesn't matter like it's amazing and it's actually known you know because it went so mainstream I'm not saying it did the best or anything like that but it actually <laughs> it was actually known as the world's largest film or, um, excuse me, student film, which means, like, it's really artistic, you know, because Oliver Stone, and I'm going to go ahead and put Oliver Stone and Tarantino in this, you know, together, this is going to be very brief, um, this isn't really a movie that I should be touching on, but I feel that this shouldn't go straight to Jackie Brown, which is obviously the next episode in the Quentin Tarantino saga, br uh, brought to you by Confessions of a Cinephile. 1001 movies to watch and or learn about before you perish um, brought to you by iPoke the armchair elitist podcast and uh, I will be your voice self-proclaimed armchair elitist rue and I just want to tell you um, both Oliver Stone um, you can check other amazing movies uh, by him such as JFK such as uh, Wall Street my god one of my personal favorites Wall Street uh, he created um there's a sequel to that, uh, Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, um, Platoon, I'm talking, which, he, never one to avoid controversies with films like Platoon, for example, in that, uh, the 1990 epic, and JFK, you know, 1991, Oliver Stone caused his biggest storm yet <laughs> with this, let's call it suburb over the top for sure um ultra violent satirical comment on the relationship between media and violence basically and he did it using diverse and ambitious and innovative film techniques and styles <sighs> animation video back and front projection black and white and color film natural born killers tells a story so innovatively, might I add, of Mickey, played by Woody Harrelson, and Mallory, played by Julia Lewis Knox. Mickey and Mallory Knox, you know, the dark, dark, dark version of Bonnie and Clyde, if you will. <laughs> um, they're on a cross-country murder spree, and Lord Tell soon comes to the attention of the media, and is related to an eager public, you know, it's given out, you know, to the eager public that just craves controversy, craves <sighs> tragedy, 
they love to turn tragedy into a showcase. It's something that fortunately seems to happen in life a lot. And it's done, of course, by a sleazy TV host, <laughs> Wayne Gale, played by the amazingly talented and young uh, Robert Downey Jr. The movie is, excuse me, <clears throat> the movie is graphically violent as and over the top, and really just it gets to the point where you would call it ultra violent. As the I hate to even like label them is this, but technically the white trash lovers slaughter their way across the United States. But Stone should be commended for his provocative tale rather than, you know, condemned for it, because many acclaimed actors believe that in this clever, stylized, and striking, and I'll just say, and provoking movie, enough to appear in it, there was, there was, you know, there were people that believed in it. And there were people that really, you know, gave their all too in a different way. You know, from Tommy Lee Jones, the Tommy Lee Jones, as a particularly snarky and smarmy and oh, just nineteen bad nineteen seventies impression of a prison governor. Um, to Tom Sizemore as the you know dogged cop on Mickey and Mallory's trail and who crosses many, many lines himself and himself and he's just an overall, you know, ominous character and he provokes, you know, that's what this is about. It's a film that provokes. And let me tell you, this film provoked a lot of critics into a storm of controversy. But overall, lead actors Harrelson, Lewis and Downey Junior all deliver searing performances really. Searing and quite quite honestly, just downright respective performances that are among the best in their, once again, respective careers, and there's not much more to say about this 1994, you know, if you want to call it classic, I would, I would call it a cult favorite that was brought to you by both the amazing Oliver Stone, and of course, it's in this, you know, saga for a reason, the Quentin Tarantino wrote the story, and I think that they're collaborative efforts. We were given something I've not seen aesthetically. I don't really know if we would ever be blessed with something cinematically honest, if you'll put it. And like I said, something that was led so... So... So heavily by symbolism which I personally just absolutely adore. This is a film that it definitely deserves a watch if you haven't seen it. But go into it with a different mindset. Go into it looking at it as the art. And I'll tell you, if you don't mind commentary, turn on Tarantino's commentary because he explains every little thing to you. And it's amazing because he understands that it's a film built on symbolism and that not everybody's going to get the subliminals, you know? Not everybody reads between the lines. And I am one of those people, and yet I still didn't get everything. So I must say, if you are a fan, if you're a true cinephile, such as are a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, do yourself a favor, and I don't mean watch it. I mean really check out this, uh, this project because it is an interesting one. 
But as I said, it's not technically only a Quentin Tarantino film. So I will only briefly touch on it. And I will drop this episode tonight as well as the previous one from today. And I do apologize for the technical hindrances and speed bumps here that we've been facing. But I'm beginning to work some of the kinks out. Um, so I book thanks you. And this has been a short and <laughs> brass tax version of Confessions of a Cinephile 1001 films that you must learn and or see before you perish. Doing this special segment, episode number two of the Quentin Tarantino Saga and episode number three of the Quentin Tarantino Saga. So please, to all my beautiful strangers and savages out there alike that are left and they'll listen. The times are always changing, just as the topics are always changing. The saga will be done, and then the Confessions of a Cinephile, brought to you by iPoke, the Armchair Leaders podcast, will be doing its normal format, and then about monthly we'll be doing one of these series, sagas. And um, I hope you enjoy it, I hope you enjoy the format. I do this just as an outlet. Um, I do it honestly just for other people like me who are just wondering what the two cents, or in my case, the two million cents, are of another person that truly knows about this or that. So I'd like to say thank you um, for putting up with this. Um, You will hear from me very soon. We are back on track. And uh, yeah, episode number four of the Quentin Tarantino Saga. The Jackie Brown episode will be coming very soon. So all my beautiful strangers and savages out there like love each other, learn, improvise, adapt, and overcome as I've had to do, as we all have to do. And uh, most of all, stay strange.